0: Chapter Number Thirty of Molly's Prince This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, BC. Molly's Prince by Rose Neuchat Carey. Chapter Thirty Suspense down thou climbing sorrow thy elements below king lear till now thy soul has been all glad and gay bid it awake and look at grief to-day adelaide anne proctor as athea walked into the library she was aware that waveney was following her closely doreen had made some excuse and had gone off to her own room probably to write letters do you want me to read to you tonight asked waveney she looked wonderfully bright and animated this evening as she spoke she slipped her hand into althea's arm in a coaxing girlish way dear miss hartford i am not a bit tired i feel as springy as possible this being a favorite word in the ward vocabulary to express latent and superfluous energy no my child not tonight returned althea gravely waveney dear i'm afraid i have rather bad news for you you were out when the message came so i went over to cleveland terrace to inquire then a troubled almost a scared look came into the girl's eyes a message she gasped did they send for me is anyone ill father or but she did not finish the sentence as althea quietly handed her the telegram what does it mean she asked in a bewildered tone but her lips were trembling molly ill but she is never ill except when we had the measles she has never been in a bed a single day for years what is it why do you not tell me and waveney spoke in a tone of intense irritation i am waiting dear until you can listen to me returned her friend soothingly my cousin moritz was with me when the telegram came here waveney started and i thought we both thought that the best thing would be for me to go over to cleveland terrace moritz went with me we saw your father and i went up to molly it is diphtheria no one knows how she caught it she is ill and her throat is very painful but she could speak to me she sends her love and said that you must not think of coming to her then an incredulous smile crossed waveney's face molly said that but of course she did not mean it the idea is too absurd if i were not so miserable i could laugh at it not go to my molly when she is ill and in pain has father sent for dr duncan and have they given her a fire the room is so cold then interrupting herself with sudden impatience why do i stop to ask these questions when it is getting late oh miss hartford you ought to have told me before dinner what does that matter but i will get ready now and if you will be kind enough to send for a cab i shall not be five minutes changing my frock for even at the supreme moment some instinct told the girl that sapphire-blue velveteen was not quite suitable for a sick-room althea was quite shaken by waveney's impetuosity it was evident that her young companion had entirely forgotten her role her sole idea was that molly was ill and that nothing else mattered she was actually halfway to the door when althea called her back in a tone that arrested even her attention waveney my poor child what are you doing did you not understand the telegram your father will not allow you to go home he told me so himself and here is a note he has sent you then waveney without a word took the letter my precious child wrote everard we are in sad trouble our dear molly is very ill but dr duncan tells me that it will not be safe for you to be with her and that he must have a properly trained nurse one is coming in directly and then she will have every care and attention do not come unless i send for you it is enough to have one child ill and i will not have you here my little wavenley i know i can trust you since you were a baby you have never given me a moment's uneasiness you have been my dear good child who has always obeyed my least wishes if you love me my darling you will be brave and calm miss hartford will tell you everything she is a good kind creature and i feel you will be safe with her you shall know everything nothing shall be kept from you i promise you that faithfully your loving father when waveney had finished the letter there was despair in her eyes he is cruel everyone is cruel she said in a choked unnatural voice and then with a dry sob oh why am i not lying there in her place don't say that dear child returned althea gently for then molly would have to suffer and at this waveney winced where are you going althea spoke rather nervously for again the girl seemed about to leave her oh waveney surely you will not go against your father's wishes but she need not have asked the question the loyal little soul would have died sooner than grieve that beloved parent no i cannot disobey father she said in a dull voice and her poor little face looked so white and rigid i'm going to my own room now will you not stay and let me talk to you a little asked althea anxiously you are taking things too hardly dear molly may be better tomorrow but she spoke to deaf ears no no please do not keep me i must be alone there is no use in talking how do you know how does anyone know about things and waveney abruptly turned away althea's eyes looked very sad as the door closed behind her i knew it she said to herself i knew how she would suffer her nature is intense those who love much suffer much molly and she seem to have only one heart between them it is not so with all twins but the next moment her dreary moralizing was interrupted for waveney came hastily back and stood by her i did not bid you good-night she said huskily i am afraid i was rude and abrupt but i did not mean it and you are so kind so kind then althea put her arms round the girl and kissed her tenderly my dear do not trouble about that i quite understand may i come to you presently i may be able to think of something to comfort you but wavenly shook her head no please do not come there is no comfort for me while my molly is ill and suffering and wavenly drew her cold hands out of althea's detaining grasp it was sad to see how her step has suddenly lost its springness to be alone that was her one thought now as it is the instinct of all sorely wounded creatures in god's free world waveney never recalled that night of misery without a shudder the sudden shock quite prostrated her that molly should be ill perhaps dangerously ill for every one knew that people died of diphtheria. princess alice had and the butcher's little daughter and one or two others that she and molly knew that molly should be ill and that her only sister should not be allowed to nurse her. This was almost inconceivable to Wavenly. It was this separation that seemed so unnatural, but Wavenly chafed bitterly against her father's restrictions. After those first unguarded expressions, she did not blame him in words, but again and again in her heart she accused him of cruelty. Oh, father how could you how could you she said over and over again that night it is not right it is not fair that you should torture me like this if i were only there i should not be so unnerved and frightened but everything is worse when one is kept away waveney was right from her own point of view she would have been her brave resolute little self at cleveland terrace and molly would have had the tenderest and most cheery of nurses i should not have taken it i should have been careful and left the nurse to do things she said later on it was just father's nervousness dr duncan's opinion she treated with contempt it was part of a doctor's duty to say these things more than once althea crept to the girl's door but she could hear nothing once she turned the handle but the door was locked waveney who was still sitting huddled up in the easy chair heard the soft retreating footsteps go down the passage again her fire had burnt out and she felt strangely chilled i may as well go to bed she thought drearily but it was long before the deadly cold left her limbs when she slept her dreams troubled her and she woke the next morning to see althea standing beside her bed with a cup of hot coffee in one hand and in her other a yellow envelope will you drink this my dear doreen and i have had our breakfast but there is no need for you to hurry if you lie still nurse marks will bring you yours oh no i could not think of such a thing returned waveney quite shocked i am not ill i would rather get up please i am so sorry i have overslept myself but i was late and then she looked at the telegram wistfully is that for me miss harford no my dear it is for me Moritz sent over to Cleveland Terrace quite early this morning. You will see what he says. Miss Ward, not so well. A bad night. Shall wire for Richmond. What does it mean? returned wavenly, faintly, and her head sank back on the pillow. I don't understand it. It means that you and Molly have a good friend, returned Althea, sitting down beside her a very kind and generous friend moritz wants to help you all sir henley richmond is the great throat doctor he is wonderfully clever and some of his cures are marvellous but his fees are immense and of course moritz knows that mr ward could not afford to have him so he is arranging it with dr duncan but we have no right We have no claim on Mister Ingram," stammered Waveney, "but he is doing it for Molly's sake." She said it quite simply in her own mind. It had long been an assured fact that Mister Ingram was her sister's lover. How could any one mistake such devotion? "Yes, he is doing it for Molly's sake," returned Althea, with equal frankness poor fellow he is very unhappy about her and his only comfort is to do her service and althea smiled a little as she thought of that tender and fantastic chivalry with which moritz was wooing his beautiful Molly. i will get up now waveney observed restlessly mollie was not so well it would drive her frantic to lie still and think of that she would dress and go out miss althea was too kind to think of asking her to write and read she could not sit still she must have air and movement but though she said no word of this althea understood her perfectly we must leave her alone she said rather sadly to doreen her nerves are unhinged by the suspense and she is not used to trouble i shall drive down to cleveland terrace she continued on my way to aunt sarah there may be some little thing molly requires and waveney will be glad of news she spoke rather hurriedly as though she feared doreen might raise some objection but doreen who could read her sister like a book merely nodded assent so all the morning wavenly wandered about the common like a little lost spirit until her limbs ached with weariness and after luncheon noel arrived mr ingram had sent him he said bringing out the words rather sheepishly they had been shopping all the morning tearing up and down regent street and bond street in a hansom and they had had luncheon at the army and navy stores then they had called at the door of number ten and noel had seen his father things were much the same and he sent his love and so on althea had already started when noel made his appearance so it was too late to prevent her fruitless journey to chelsea there was nothing molly wanted noel declared bluntly and he chuckled as he thought of all the things ingram had ordered my word there's no mistake about his being a viscount she thought if he turned out to be a duke i should hardly be surprised waveney was very fond of her younger brother but his society failed to give her comfort and noel on his side was so awed and depressed by her sad face and unusual silence that he could find little to say it was quite a relief when his visit was over and he had to return to eaton square but one word he did say as Waveney followed him into the hall i say wave i suppose you will send your compliments or kind regards to mr ingram and here noel cleared his throat he is awfully cut up you know and all that oh yes you may give him my kind regards returned waveney in a listless tone then her conscience accused her of ingratitude yes certainly noel my kindest regards i know how good he has been he is actually going to have that great throat doctor down to see dear molly i know that replied noel mysteriously i know a thing or two that would make you stare he is a good old sort he is as good as they make them and he deserves to turn up trumps and with this peculiar form of blessing which was nevertheless genuine in its way noel adjusted his pince-nez and marched off with his head in the air as usual when althea returned she had very little to add to this molly was no better certainly and dr duncan was undoubtedly anxious about her but she had excellent nurses and sir hindley richmond was to come the next day there had been some hitch or difficulty and moritz had been much put out althea was in the dark about it for mr ward had volunteered no explanation sir henley richmond is coming to-morrow was all he said mr ingram insists on it he wired for him to-day but there was some difficulty and ingram fussed awfully about it i am not allowed to put in a word he continued with a feeble attempt at a smile the doctor and nurses manage everything all sorts of things come to the house of course ingram sends them and if i remonstrate i am told that the doctor ordered them or that nurse helena wished for it althea was the bearer of another sad little missive from everard waveney carried it off to her own room she was still reading it with dry tearless eyes when the gong sounded do not lose heart my darling it finished it is always darkest before day we will pray to our heavenly father that our sweet molly may be spared waveney was repeating this sentence over and over again as she sat at the dinner table and althea seeing that she ate nothing told mitchell to fill her glass with burgundy you must take that my dear and some of this nice light roll if you make yourself ill it will only give additional trouble althea spoke with such quiet decision that waveney was compelled to obey as she sipped the wine a tinge of color came into her lips but the bread was sadly crumbled on her plate as she rose from the table her knees trembled under her and she almost tottered as she followed althea last night about this time she had told her what a nightmare of horror these four-and-twenty hours had been no wonder she felt giddy no wonder but here althea took possession of her with gentle force sit down waveney why you foolish child you have overwalked yourself and eaten nothing and of course you feel bad and before waveney could summon up sufficient energy to contradict this she found herself lying on the library couch with the softest of pillows under her head and a warm quilt over her Doreen and i are going across to the porch house observed althea kissing her it is thursday evening but dear old nursey will look after you thank you but she needs not trouble returned wavenly drowsily i am quite well only tired every one was very kind she thought and miss althea how dear and good she was after all it was very comfortable to lie still the silence the firelight the soft warmth were so soothing why were the bees humming so beehives and libraries were surely incongruous and there were white lilies too knit nodding at each other and the writing-table had gone and there was a bed of pansies pansies that's for thoughts she said to herself for little as she knew it waveney was fast asleep End of chapter 30 Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen Vancouver, B.C.